for today, for this gift of breath and life. We give you thanks for this church, this community gathered here to worship. into who you want us to be. Turning our mess into your message. Today and every day, we give you thanks.
There we go. Good morning. Let's try that again. Everybody look at your neighbor and just smile at them. Make them smile if you need to. It's good to see you here today. It's my honor to welcome you here, and uh, we hope that everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And as we conclude this Thanksgiving weekend, what, a, what better place to be than here to worship the Lord, to give Him thanks, and to praise Him for all He has done. Today, if you are visiting with us, we are so thankful that you could be with us. And before you rush out today... Uh, we would love to meet you. Um, if you've got to rush, please stop by our guest table in the lobby. If you would fill out a guest card either, either on the table or in your bulletin, you can tear that out and put it in the offering plates at the back table. We would love to have a record of your visit. But right now I'm going to ask you to stand, and as you stand, I want to read a passage of Scripture from Hebrews that simply says this, Therefore by him, Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So this morning, we need to worship him, to give him the fruit of our lips, to give him the praise that he is due, that he is worthy of. So I hope today that as you sing these songs, that it comes from a heart that is thankful and to declare your gratefulness to what he's done in your life. Let's sing together.
Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus? Amen. I have one quick announcement before we open up the altar for prayer time. Christmas in Teville is coming up. We help between 20 and 30 families. Most are from Pell's Elementary School. Uh, Kathy Johnson will be out in the lobby after the service. If you'd like to help, uh, they need some more financial help, please see her and talk to her about how you can take part in that. Uh, this prayer time, let's focus on a few things, all right? We're going to have communion in just a little while. We're thankful for the death and resurrection of Jesus that makes salvation possible, correct? Jesus tells us in the Bible not to take this in an unworthy manner. Only you and the Lord knows what that means for you, okay? So at this invitation time, we're going to have a prayer time, a short prayer time before we take the Lord's Supper. Allow this to be your time to get make things right with the Lord if you need to. Also at this prayer time, let's thank God for, for, the, for our salvation and also thank God for what he's done in the life of our church. I mean, we have been so blessed this year to be able to pay off a building, to see so many people come to know Christ and be baptized. Uh, so many people have joined the church. We're so thankful for that. And uh, I'm going to ask you to come as an individual or come with your family. And as the choir leads us in this song, let's come to this altar and lift our praises up to the Lord together. heads in prayer. Won't you thank God for your salvation first and foremost? Thank Him for saving you. He gets all the credit and the honor and the glory. And since your salvation, thank Him for the forgiveness that He offers. Even now, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank Him for your help. Thank the Lord for your family. Thank the Lord for your church. Father, we, want to, we have so much to be thankful for. Father, over and over again in the Old Testament, someone would write a psalm and say, forget not all of the Lord's benefits. And Father, I pray that we'd never take meeting together for granted. For it is so easy to today in the, in, in the way the world is so rushed Father, I pray that we'd never take these times for granted. Father, we want to thank you for our church, for how you've blessed us, Lord, this year and every year. Father, we want to thank you for Jesus, most of all, for the grace that saves us. Father, for the Holy Spirit who sustains us. Father, we just want to give you all the credit, the honor, and the glory for our salvation. And Lord, for just helping us to persevere in our faith. And Father, I pray that you be honored and glorified through all that's said and done. And we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people said together, amen. Thank you.
Amen. Thank you, choir. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to uh, stand with me and turn to Psalm 103. It's going to be a little different service this morning. We're going to be looking at a lot of pictures. Sorry, Sharon. The Bible says this in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Aren't you thankful? Far as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower in the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. And those who fear him and his righteousness to to his children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, and all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Father, as we come to you in prayer once again, we have so much to be thankful for. Father, I pray that this time, as we look back on how you've moved in the life of this church, that, Father, we as well can look back over this past year of how you moved in our lives and helped us. How many prayers have you answered? How many many decisions have we made that, Lord, we feel like it was your hand that led us that way? Father, how many people have we shared Jesus with, and then those people in turn surrendered their lives to you? Father, we thank you for that. Lord, if we're here today, we have enough help to be here. I pray that we'd not take that for granted. And Lord, I love this church, and thank you for allowing me to be a part of it. And I pray that we'd always lift your name and exalt your name above all other things and people. And pray that you'd be honored and glorified in this service this morning. And all of God's people said together once again, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Notice this verse on the screen, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Paul tells us to be thankful in all circumstances. He says, give thanks in all. If you notice the words in all, John MacArthur put it this way. He says, Paul says simply and very directly in everything, give thanks. No exceptions, no excuses, nothing is outside these parameters. In everything, give thanks. That little phrase, in all, in panty in the Greek, means in connection with everything that occurs, in connection with everything in life, give thanks no matter what it might be. I even share this verse at funerals now. Give thanks for your loved one. Thank God for who they are. 
and the influence they had in your life. He goes on to say, with obvious exceptions of personal sin, he is saying, no matter what happens to you in life, be thankful. No matter what lot, no matter what circumstances, no matter what struggle, trial, testing, be thankful. Give thanks no matter what the situation. We are to find reason to thank God. John MacArthur and I quote, the Bible says all things work together, right? If, if we believe that, if we believe God, God is sovereign over our lives and our circumstances, then surely we should give thanks. We should be thankful people. Now, it is, uh, I would say, normal for a lost person not to be thankful. I remember an athlete one time who, who had cancer, well-known. I'm not going to mention his name. But through his long ordeal battling cancer, he got better and became very successful in his field. And somebody says, do you thank God for what he did for you? And he said, God didn't do this, I did it. See, it's normal for pagans to be unthankful. It's very abnormal for the Christians to be unthankful. As a matter of fact, Paul says that is the sign of an unregenerate person. The early church was characterized by thanksgiving. Notice what Paul says to the church at Colossae. He makes this statement. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. If you have the peace of Christ in your heart, which money can't buy, you can't work it up, you can't get it anywhere but Jesus. I'm talking about peace. Shalom, the, the, it, they'd say in the Old Testament. Shalom, he says, be thankful. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks, there's that word again, in everything. And then he goes on to say this in Colossians 2. He says, as therefore you have, notice the words have received, that means that you personally have received something. It means that somebody gave something, is what it means, and you received it. And what Paul is telling the church at Colossae is, he or somebody preached the gospel and they received it. And what they did receive? Christ Jesus the Lord. He says, as therefore as you have received, now I received Jesus on October 30th, 1990, okay? Somebody shared the gospel, it came from somebody else. And I received it. That's what the word means. And I received Jesus Christ the Lord. So walk in him. And that sometimes is the hard part, is it not? Sanctification. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up. That's why, that's why you have a church. Discipleship. All these things that we do matter. Sunday school matters. Sunday morning, all right, matters. Bible studies and, and a one on Sunday night really matters. Wednesday night Bible study matters. You can be rooted and build up that word rooted means to be immovable in your faith is what it means okay means immovable in your faith i feel like personally i am stronger in my faith now than i was when the lord saved me and i believed anything you told me about jesus back then all right because as you grow and you walk in him and you learn you're rooted firmly is what it says in your faith okay Established in your faith, and that's the goal for all of us, as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. See, the more you grow and become like Christ, the more gratitude you'll show. One scholar says, he says you're to walk overflowing with gratitude, just gushing with gratitude because of all you have in Christ. You ought to be characterized by overflowing gratitude. It ought to be said of every Christian that is a thankful person. Let me ask you a question. This is Thanksgiving service. Are you really characterized by thankfulness? Or are you characterized by um, criticism? And I'm not saying criticism's bad. Some of the best advice, not advice, but comments I've ever got has been constructive criticism. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. I give it. 
okay? But are you characterized by that? I mean, when you walk on this property, you're characterized by complaints and criticism. Or are you characterized by thankfulness? Before I came in here this morning and talked to a person who's very sick, and I won't mention the person's name. And you know what this person told me? When I look back over this past year, I just got so much to be thankful for. I like being around those people. I do. I don't like being around those. Did you hear this? Did you hear that? I just don't. I don't. I don't. I'm just, I'm just too old for that. Okay? And I, I feel like I'm a little more mature in Christ than that. But we should be overflowing with gratitude. And when I think about what God has done, just in a building, we're going to talk about that. Uh, notice this picture, if you will, on the screen. Some of y'all seen this a hundred times, some of you hadn't. When I first came here, now the bus barn is not there in this aerial photo, which is right here. But this is called the Sharp property. This is the oil company. This is when I became pastor here. This is the parking you had here. And that wasn't even ours. This part up here was not even ours. And this, and then we parked across the road. That's what we had. This was it. And the church tried for 30 years to get this property, okay? And then one day, I was walking up this road. It was 20 degrees, I remember it. My daughter was real, really young, and Miss Sharp, God, God rest her soul, good woman, was standing right here watching. Okay, we'd wave at her. Monday, I left my office right here, walked outside, saw Miss Sharp, and she does this. And when Miss Sharp did that, you did it. Okay, she would tell you. She didn't care. She would tell you. And I walked over there, and this is what she said. Why do you park over here? I said, well, we don't have any, have any room. So we don't, God's blessed. We just, we don't have any room. We all park cross road. We tell all our men, if you were a deacon, you park cross road. Is that not right, Chris? You parked across the road. Okay. And she said, well, it's cold. I said, yeah, I know. And she looked at me and I said, why have you not asked me for this property? You've not asked me one time for this property. And this is what I told her. I said, Miss Sharp, I said, you pray about it. I said, I'll never ask you for this property. You pray about it. If you feel like that's what God wants you to do, to do then we'll talk. Within two weeks, we were making a deal on the property. We were very gracious to Miss Sharp. Very gracious to her. Good woman. We were, we were abundantly gracious on our end to Miss Sharp. And then we got this property right here, okay? And then when we met with the deacons, I think Steve was the chairman, and we talked about God's opened this up, not just for parking, but for a building. Because if you notice the old kitchen, you could get like seven people in there, maybe if you're lucky, all right? We could seat about 250 people at tables if we had a meal or anything in here. This is the largest seating area for eating in the county. Over 500 people can sit at tables and eat here. We had so many things. We needed more Sunday school space. We needed office space. We needed all these different things, okay? But we had this property right here. Now show this next slide, Corey. So we started a committee. I think that's right. And here was our committee. And this committee met literally every Wednesday night. That's what they did for years. Maybe not every Wednesday night, but at the beginning, every Wednesday night. Look at these names. All these people met. And then we come up with a survey. We surveyed the church. What would you guys like to see in a building? Okay. And we got back all these responses. So we came up with a building. Now show this picture, if you will. And then we come up with a theme. Now notice what it says. Go back to the theme. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity. 
under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build, right? And that was our theme. Now in the history of this church, it's a time to build. Look back over different seasons of the church's life. He tells us there was a time to do this. There was a time to do that. Now it's the time to build. Look at our first drawings for this building. It was going to be over here. And we don't know how it's going to get her done. It's impossible, pretty much. Really not even a way around this side. I think we might have, Randy Elder could tell, tell it better, but we might have had to put a, a pond back here. We didn't know how we were going to connect this together. This is a walkway to here, but we just didn't know what we were going to do. Okay? And Corey, if you'll go back to that first picture. I think that's Corey up there. I can't see. We really needed this property. It would have worked out. That would have been a God thing. We voted in 2004 to proceed to buy this property for $175,000. And if you'll notice, environmental cleanup, we were thinking it might even be $100,000. Okay? It didn't work. It didn't work out. But we needed this property, and we tried everything we could do, but we couldn't get that property. Now go back to the other picture, Corey. So where we were waiting is, how are we going to make this work? Because we really need this. And we still needed parking. Okay? And I'm going to ask Steve Lackey if he'll come and talk a little bit about this process, which in our opinion is just something God worked out for us. Thank you, Pastor. I wanted to say this first, and the pastor's done said some of the things I, I, I wanted to talk about. But this building, I want you to know, goes all the way back, uh, and our thoughts and prayers for it goes far back as when Preacher Gary was here. And then when Preacher Craig was here, we needed it even more. We had Sunday school rooms. Can you mention the kitchen that we needed, the administrative offices we needed, the, uh, the places to have our fellowship we needed desperately. We were running homecomings in there in two shifts into the gym. We couldn't house them all. Byron's class and other adult classes was busting out of the scene in the old basement, so we needed it. The problem was, like the pastor said, we were landlocked, just landlocked all around. And this other building, it, we weren't coming together on that. So we started praying all, the, all during this time we were praying and asking God's will to be done. And that's what I want you to hear. You'll learn a lesson in this today. Pray and wait on God's will. Whether you're an individual or whether you're a church, just pray and wait on God's will. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit what happened. When Pastor Craig was here, he called me. I was out of town and he called me. He said, we can get that property, meaning the oil property the pastor's talked about, for $175,000. Well, that door closed real fast, right, Deacons? Real fast. A little bit later on, I think, and had we went ahead with that, we would not have been in the will of God. A little bit later on, we got another call, and I think it had come down to 150. Pastor Jamie was here. That door closed real God. Now, we could have kicked it open and made it happen, but we wouldn't have been in God's will. So anyway, we waited and we prayed, and we waited and we prayed. And then we decided, we'd uh, surveyed uh, the soil and all that, the PCA, and then we said um, in the biggest meeting, you know, preacher, we may need to have an attorney look at this. 
So we hired an attorney to look at this property and, and the availability of it, had title searches done and all that. So the pastor and I, I was chairman then, the pastor and I met with this attorney and we began to ask him about buying this property and he'd done a search on it. He said, East Hellsville can't buy that property. Well, men, the pastors don't just take no right away. So we began to ask him why, and he showed us and all that. And then, and then he said this, it's impossible for this church to buy this property. And he used the words, it's impossible. And with what he was saying, and he was exactly right, folks. It was impossible. I think, Pastor, I said something like, well, I guess that's that. And we walk out to the car, and I get in, and Jamie, Pastor Jamie's driving, and I said to the pastor, I said, if East Hills ever gets that ground, it's going to be a God thing. It didn't happen. And we waited, and we waited. Days went into months, months ran into years, and we waited, and we prayed. We laid hands on the fence that was surrounded it, and we waited, and we prayed. And then one day, I got a call. I was out of town again, and Randy Elder called and said, Steve, we can get that property, not for 175000 not for 150 or 125 but we can place a bid on that property for 40000 dollars needless to say that door opened and we had at that time $22,000 that had been given to the church through an annuity plan that was available so all we needed was $18,000 and that's what we got and I don't know about you people but I think it's a God thing amen there's a preacher on TV that'll say, let there be honor and praise in the house of God. I think we need to stand and give honor and praise to an almighty God. Thank you. If you'll be seated just for a few moments. Corey, if you'll go to this uh, groundbreaking picture, we got some old pictures. I hope y'all don't get mad at me. That was up. Uh, we were breaking ground on this property after we got it. Okay, the environmental cleanup on this property is about ten to twenty thousand dollars. We're really blessed there too. So here we are. Uh, I remember. I don't remember if it was Kevin or Mark I was talking to when I grabbed when I grabbed my shovel. I said, "We're in this thing for good now," <laughs> and because uh, this building costs four point five million dollars. And what you gotta understand is that's not counting the chairs you're in and a lot of the furnishings, and Randy could better tell you better than I can, but each chair you're setting in $60. And we bought over 1,100 of those, I think. Okay, It don't count a lot of the other things, all right? Um, I remember when we show this picture, this is part of the committee praying, all right? And then next, if you'll go to this next picture. And I remember there they are cleaning this, all that dirt. There's so much dirt here that had to be moved. It was just an amazing uh sight to see if you'll show this next picture this is as it's coming up that's this is the stage area students came over here on a wednesday night and prayed and wrote scripture all over the place we had a sunday night update 
one Sunday night, if you'll show this picture, this is where we come over. This, again, is this area, if you will. And uh, through that whole process, you know, you're just, you're just trusting in the Lord the, the whole way. So this building is $4.5 million, all right? Uh, one of the largest constructions of a non-business, I think, in the county. I don't know of one that's bigger. But also, um, the loan that we took out in 2013... Uh, when we did the dedication service was 2.5 million, all right, and we've paid that off since 2013, which is a blessing. I mean, it's just a blessing. And in that whole process, we refurnished the whole gym, the children's building, the whole thing, shingled the roof on the on the uh, uh, sanctuary, and all that incredible amount of money. Uh, Restriped the park. There's so many things that God's allowed us to do. We also gave last year to ministry, missions, and benevolence causes over $200,000, and that's been about the average uh, since we've been in this process. So God is really blessed, and we thank you for giving. I never hesitate at all to give to this church. I don't. Don't think twice about it. Don't think twice about giving to East Hillsville Baptist Church. This church is ministry-minded. They're, they're, uh, the benevolence things that we take care of, that you allow me to take care of and our staff, it's a blessing, right? It's just a blessing to be able to help people. Uh, some of you men and women that, that own businesses, the things that you've helped us do to people in the community without nobody knowing about it, such a blessing. I want you to understand when we, when we started this process for this building, the economy was bad. We would have men stand up and we would pray for a man to find a job, really. When we started the time to build, was it time to build? You kind of, humanly speaking, you kind of think, you know. And then the economy stayed pretty bad. And I remember we dropped a, a tr truck out here from Hickory Construction. And they said, really, at this point, this point, they'd been working at Appalachian State University. I remember Randy and I and somebody else went up there and looked at the carpet. We just walked in classrooms, didn't we, Randy? I thought, well, I can blame Randy if we get in trouble. And that's why you have this carpet here. Uh, but they had dropped a, they had dropped a trailer, their, their trailer. And I said, we're going to do it, you know. They, they didn't have any work. Hardly any of the subs, and Randy, can, there again, he was our on-site coordinator. Hardly any of the subs had any work, but we kept them in business. If you go outside in that lobby area, the lady that painted the foyer there in, 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 in this area, her husband, I believe it was, had a serious injury, couldn't work. They had no work, and we hired her to do this. Didn't know it at the time, but it kept them living, if you will. Now, I remember getting bashed in the community a little bit by people about us building this big building. I said, do you realize how much this has helped people keep jobs and different things like that? And if you'll study churches and Christian organizations, if you study, one man did a study, and he said this about the benefits of church. He says, here's some research to argue that not only should churches continue to receive tax-exempt status, but based on the evidence, perhaps they should be given even more breaks. It's already well established that the presence of a church in a community increases graduation rates, student grade point averages, college attendance, and de decreases many of the other childhood outcomes. Religious organizations contribute about $1.2 trillion of the socioeconomic value annually to the U.S. economy. That is equivalent to being the world's 15th largest national economy. If all churches and religious organizations shut down tomorrow, the economy would go under. 
Churches and religious organizations give more than the, the top 10 tech firms combined. That's, that includes Apple, Amazon, and Google. 20 of the top 50 charities in the U.S. are faith-based. Thank God for the church. Bill Hybels said this, There's nothing like the local church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable. Its power is breathtaking. Its potential is unlimited. It comforts the grieving and heals the broken in the context of community. It builds bridges to, to, to the lost and offers truth, offers truth to the confused. It provides resources for those in need and opens its arms to the forgotten, the downtrodden, and the disillusioned. It breaks the chains of addictions, frees the oppressed, and offers belonging. Whatever the capacity for human suffering, the church has a greater capacity for healing and wholeness. Still to this day, the potential for the local church is almost more than I can grasp. No other organization on earth is like the church. Nothing even comes close. Jesus loves a local church. Jesus watches us and will hold each local church accountable. And Jesus is here in the midst. Notice this picture. I, I shared this picture on Dedication Day, which is in 2013. Now, we didn't use this, this part of the building during VBS, I don't think. Kevin could correct me. But we did use the classrooms. That's the glass classroom out there. Okay? This place was brand new. I moved into my office before we even had internet, and I think even electricity. I want to get out of that other office so bad. And I remember taking all these handprints of these little kids on the day we dedicated this building. And I said, this is not a museum for us. This is a place to do ministry and missions. Amen? And I said, I hope we see a lot more handprints on our property, don't you? And I wonder, only God knows how many people have been saved. Now listen, how many marriages have been restored? How many suicidal people are with us today? How many depressed people have gotten help? How many, how many of us have been discipled? Through all the, all the things that are going on just here at this church, we have so much to be thankful for. There is nothing like the local church, and I'm not just talking about ours, but all of them. This is the only place that you'll get discipled, you'll get preached to. Somebody will take care of you if you have a loved one dies. You may have people from your work come visit you in the hospital, but it's very unlikely. Okay, This, this place is where your children will get married or because of this place and all those things. And it's the only place in Alexander County, I'm talking about local churches, where the ordinances can be observed. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. And I'm going to ask Kevin now to come, and we're going to take part in the Lord's Supper. And if you'll notice these verses on the screen, we have two elements, and one uh, is a picture of the Lord's body, and the other is a picture of the Lord's blood. And we're to remember these until the Lord comes back. And the first we'll take part in is, is the body of the Lord.
I'm going to ask if you will just to tear off the top part here just for a moment and don't eat it yet. 
I'm going to thank the Lord for his body. This bread represents his body. Then I'll read a, a verse of scripture, and then we'll, we'll eat together. Father, as we come to you in prayer, we want to thank you so much for your body. Lord, Isaiah 53 tells us of the pain you endured on the cross from sinful men. You were barely recognizable on the cross. And Father, Scripture teaches us that you bore God's wrath on our behalf on the cross. And it's by your stripes that we're healed spiritually. Father, we want to thank you for your great sacrifice. We want to thank you for dying in our place and making salvation available. And we love you for that, in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says this, and when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And they ate together. Take the top off. Be very gentle. Jesus gave this as a picture of his shed blood on our behalf. And I'm going to ask Kevin, if he will, to thank the Lord for his shed blood, and then I'll read scripture together, and then we'll, we'll drink. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the price that was paid. And Lord, we're reminded in your word that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Our only hope is the shed blood of a perfect Savior. And Jesus, we place all of our hope in you. Lord, that your sacrifice was sufficient. And Lord, through the blood, we have forgiveness and a right relationship with you. So every day and today, we say thank you for the blood that was shed for us. And we give you all the thanks and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Bible says this, And in the same way he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And they drank. I'm going to ask if you will now to stand with us. And Sharon's going to lead us in the first and last verse of Amazing Grace, and then after that, you can dismiss yourselves. Thank you so much.
again. God bless you. I hope you have a great Sunday afternoon and hope to see you back here Wednesday night. You're dismissed.